Hello everyone. Welcome to Learning Radio. My name is Praveen Sharma. We are talking about grade 10 English of the CBSE curriculum. The topic is glimpses of India. Yes, India. The country which is known to the world as a unique blend of many colors, cultures, communities and everything. Now this variety, this difference, this distinction is itself a beauty and one feels proud if one feels that he knows india so this particular chapter has got three parts a baker from goa kurg and tea from assam we shall be traveling from goa to kurg to assam and while reading we shall realize how being nostalgic how being in love with the memories in your old culture helps you grow we shall also get to know how tea has become an integral part of our life the adventure of the characters will also allow a very deep insight into the beginning and the development of indian life and its relation to tea and kurg of course the part 2 will bring few interesting things to all of us so let's enjoy reading and enhance our understanding of this great country page number 85 lesson number 7 glimpses of india it has three parts part 1 a baker from goa the story is by lucio rodriguez part 2 kurg by lokesh abrol part 3 t from assam by arup kumar datta before you read activity discuss in class number 1 what images of people and of places come to your mind when you think of our country number 2 what parts of india have you lived in or visited can you name some popular tourist destinations number 3 you may know that apart from the british the dutch and the french the portuguese have also played a part in the history of our country can you say which parts of india show french and portuguese influences number 4 can you say which parts of india grow number 1 tea and number 2 coffee now the first part the lesson a baker from goa this is a pen portrait of a traditional goan village baker who still has an important place in his society our elders are often heard reminiscing nostalgically about those good old portuguese days the portuguese and their famous loaves of bread those eaters of loaves might have vanished but the makers are still there we still have amongst us the mixers the molders and those who bake the loaves those age old time tested furnaces still exist the fire in the furnaces has not yet been extinguished page number 86 the thud and jingle of the traditional baker's bamboo 
heralding his arrival in the morning can still be heard in some places maybe the father is not alive but the son still carries on the family profession these bakers are even today known as peder in goa during our childhood in goa the baker used to be our friend companion and guide he used to come at least twice a day once when he set out in the morning on his selling round and then again when he returned after emptying his huge basket the jingling thud of his bamboo woke us up from sleep and we ran to meet and greet him why was it so was it for the love of the loaf not at all the loaves were bought by some paskin or bastin the maid servant of the house what we longed for were those bread bangles which we chose carefully sometimes it was sweet bread of special make the baker made his musical entry on the scene with the jang jang sound of his specially made bamboo staff one hand supported the basket on his head and the other banged the bamboo on the ground he would greet the lady of the house with good morning and then place his basket on the vertical bamboo wickets would be pushed aside with a mild rebuke and the loaves would be delivered to the servant but we would not give up we would climb a bench or the parapet and peep into the basket somehow i can still recall the typical fragrance of those loaves loaves for the elders and the bangles for the children then we did not even care to brush our teeth or wash our mouths properly and why should we who would take the trouble of plucking the mango leaf for the toothbrush the tiger never brushed his teeth hot tea would wash and clean up everything so nicely after all oral comprehension check number 1 what are the elders in goa nostalgic about number 2 is bread making still popular in goa how do you know number 3 what is the baker called number 4 when would the baker come every day why did the children run to meet him page number 87 marriage gifts are meaningless without the sweet bread known as the ball just as a party or a feast loses its charm without bread not enough can be said to show how important a baker can be for a village the lady of the house must prepare sandwiches on the occasion of her daughter's engagement cakes and bolinias are a must for christmas as well as other festivals cakes and bolinias are a must for christmas as well as other festivals thus the presence of the baker's furnace in the village is absolutely essential the baker or bread seller of those days had a peculiar dress known as the kabai it was a single piece long frock reaching down to the knees in our childhood we saw bakers wearing a shirt and trousers which were shorter than full length ones and longer than half pants 
Even today, anyone who wears a half pant which reaches just below the knees invites the comment that he is dressed like a padder. The baker usually collected his bills at the end of the month. Monthly accounts used to be recorded on some wall in pencil. Baking was indeed a profitable profession in the old days. The baker and his family never starved. He, his family and his servants always looked happy and prosperous. Their plump physique was an open testimony to this. Even today, any person with a jackfruit-like physical appearance is easily compared to a baker. Oral comprehension check. Number 1. Match the following. What is a must? Number 1. As marriage gifts. Number 2. For a party or a feast. Number 3. For a daughter's engagement. Number 4. For Christmas. And the options are cakes and bolinias. Number 2. Sweet bread called ball. Number 3. Bread. Number 4. Sandwiches. Now the comprehension check number 2. What did the bakers wear? Number 1. In the Portuguese days. Number 2. When the author was young. Number 3. Who invites the comment? He is dressed like a pedder. And why? Number 4. Where were the monthly accounts of the baker recorded? Number 5. What does a jackfruit-like appearance mean? Now the second part of the chapter, Kurg. Kurg is coffee country, famous for its rainforests and spices. Midway between Mysore and the coastal town of Mangalore sits a piece of heaven that must have drifted from the kingdom of God. This land of rolling hills is inhabited by a proud race of martial men, beautiful women, and wild creatures. Kurg or Kodagu, the smallest district of Karnataka, is home to evergreen rainforests, spices, and coffee plantations. Evergreen rainforests cover 30% of this district. During the monsoons, it pours enough to keep many visitors away. The season of joy commences from September and continues till March. The weather is perfect with some showers thrown in for good measure. The air breathes of invigorating coffee. Coffee estates and colonial bungalows stand tucked under tree canopies in prime corners. The fiercely independent people of Kurg are possibly of Greek or Arabic descent. As one story goes, a part of Alexander's army moved south along the coast and settled here when return became impractical. These people married amongst the locals and their culture is apparent in the martial traditions, marriage and religious rites which are distinct from the Hindu mainstream. The theory of Arab origin draws support from the long black coat with an embroidered waist belt worn by the Kodavus known as 
krupia. It resembles the kufia worn by the Arabs and the Kurds. Page number 91. Kurgi homes have a tradition of hospitality and they are more than willing to recount numerous tales of valor related to their sons and fathers. The Kurg regiment is one of the most decorated in the Indian army and the first chief of Indian army, General Karyappa, was a Kurgi. Even now, Kodavus are the only people in India permitted to carry firearms without license. The river Kaveri obtains its water from the hills and forests of Kurg. Mahasir, a large freshwater fish, abound in these waters. Kingfishers dive for their catch, while squirrels and langurs drop partially eaten fruit for the mischief of enjoying the splash and the ripple effect of the clear water. Elephants enjoy being bathed and scrubbed in the river by their mahouts. The most laid-back individuals become converts to the life of high-energy adventure with river rafting, canoeing, rappelling, rock climbing, and mountain biking. Page number 92 Numerous walking trails in this region are a favorite with trekkers. Birds, bees, and butterflies are there to give you company. Macaques, Malabar squirrels, langurs, and slender loris keep a watchful eye from the tree canopy. I do, however, prefer to step aside for wild elephants. The climb to the Brahmagiri hills brings you into a panoramic view of the entire misty landscape of Kurg. A walk across the Roe Bridge leads to the 64-acre island Nisargadhama, running into Buddhist monks from India's largest Tibetan settlement at nearby Baila Kuppe is a bonus. The monks in red, ochre and yellow robes are amongst the many surprises that wait to be discovered by visitors searching for the heart and soul of India right here in Kurg. Fact File How to Reach Madikeri, the district headquarters, is the only gateway to Kurg. The misty hills, lush forests and coffee plantations will cast a spell on you. Find a resort, coffee estate or stay in a home for a truly Kurgi experience. By air, the nearest airports are Mangalore 135 km and Bangalore 260 km. There are flights to Mangalore from Mumbai and to Bangalore from Ahmedabad, Chennai, Delhi, Goa, Hyderabad, Kochi, Kolkata, Mumbai and Pune. By rail, the nearest railheads are at Mysore, Mangalore and Hassan. By road, there are two routes to Kurg from Bangalore. Both are almost the same distance, around 250 or 260 kilometers. The route via Mysore is the most frequented one. The other route is via Neelamangal, Kunigal or Chandrayanapatna.
the third part of the chapter glimpses of india third d from assam pranjal a youngster from assam is rajveer's classmate at school in delhi pranjal's father is the manager of a tea garden in upper assam and pranjal has invited rajveer to visit his home during the summer vacation chai garam garam chai avender called out in a high pitched voice he came up to their window and asked chai saab give us two cups pranjal said they sipped the steaming hot liquid almost everyone in their compartment was drinking tea too do you know that over 80 crore cups of tea are drunk every day throughout the world rajveer said view exclaimed pranjal tea really is very popular the train pulled out of the station pranjal buried his nose in his detective book again rajveer too was an ardent fan of detective stories but at the moment he was keener on looking at the beautiful scenery it was green green everywhere rajveer had never seen so much greenery before then the soft green paddy fields gave way to tea bushes it was a magnificent view against the backdrop of densely wooded hills a sea of tea bushes stretched as far as the eye could see dwarfing the tiny tea plants were tall sturdy shade trees and amidst the orderly rows of bushes busily moved doll like figures page number 95 In the distance was an ugly building with smoke billowing out of tall chimneys. "Hey, a tea garden!" Rajveer cried excitedly. Pranjal, who had been born and brought up on a plantation, didn't share Rajveer's excitement. "Oh, this is tea country now," he said. "Assam has the largest concentration of plantations in the world. You will see enough gardens to last you a lifetime." I have been reading as much as I could about tea Rajveer said No one really knows who discovered tea but there are many legends What legends oh, Well there is the one about the Chinese emperor who always boiled water before drinking it One day a few leaves of the twigs burning under the pot fell into the water giving it a delicious flavor It is said there were tea leaves and uh, tell me another uh, tell me another scoffed pranjal we have an indian legend too bodhi dharma an ancient buddhist ascetic cut off his eyelids because he felt sleepy during meditations 10 tea plants grew out of the eyelids the leaves of these plants when put in hot water and drunk banished sleep tea was first drunk in china rajveer added as far back as 2700 bc in fact words such as tea chai and chini are from chinese tea came to europe only in the 16th century and was drunk more as medicine than as beverage the train clattered into mariani junction 
The boys collected their luggage and pushed their way to the crowded platform. Pranjal's parents were waiting for them. Soon they were driving towards Dekiyabadi, the tea garden managed by Pranjal's father. An hour later, the car veered sharply off the main road. They crossed a cattle bridge and entered Dekiyabadi tea estate. On both sides of the gravel road were acre upon acre of tea bushes, all neatly pruned to the same height. Groups of tea pluckers with bamboo baskets on their backs, wearing plastic aprons, were plucking the newly sprouted leaves. Page 96 Pranjal's father slowed down to allow a tractor pulling a trailer load of tea leaves to pass. This is the second flush of sprouting period, isn't it, Mr. Barua? Rajveer asked. It lasts from May to July and yields the best tea. You seem to have done your homework before coming, Pranjal's father said in surprise. Yes, Mr. Barua, Rajveer admitted. But I hope to learn much more while I am here. 